Tavada nobodies, and welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio WDPR 96.3. Listen, if you want to destroy a people, first you destroy its dreams, and this right here is a nightmare. Buckle up for the physical apocalypse because the psychic one is well underway here on Doom Patrol Radio. Yeah, uh, I guess I guess we have to get into it now, right? Yeah, we can get into it now. Better better late than never. This is early. <laughs> there you go. That's the cold open. Uh, hey, welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio, your favorite interdimensional podcast. This side of the cliffhanger. My name is Mark, and my name is Nathan. And today we're talking about Wax Patrol, the season finale. Of Doom Patrol. Season two. Question. Uh, what did I say? You said the season finale of Doom Patrol. And then I yeah. I added the season two to give it, you know, more identification. Yeah. Uh, today's episode was uh, directed by, uh, let's see, he, the, uh, the guy who also directed the uh, Fun Size Patrol, and then he also directed Doom Patrol Patrol. What was his name again? Christopher Manley. Yep. Uh, Christopher Manley directed today's episode, and then Chris Dingus and Tanya Steele. Tanya Steele from Sex Patrol, and then Chris Dingus, uh, he, did, uh, he did Finger Patrol, but I don't, let me see what... Uh, he, he wrote Penultimate Patrol in Season 1, and I think that was the only other one he... No, no, he also wrote Cold Patrol in uh, Season 1 as well. So, yeah, uh, we, we've, got, we've got our Doom Patrol veterans doing today's final episode... And uh, Nate, we got Halo 2'd on this one. <laughs> we got Halo 2'd? We got cliffhangered big time. Is there a cliffhanger at the end of Halo 2? Yeah, you know, um, the, yeah, the thing the about car. Halo 2 was it was supposed to be a definitive sequel, but because of production, it got cliffhangered, and then they made Halo 3. I don't... Uh... I don't understand that. The end of Halo yeah. Two, you're with the Arbiter and you're getting off the ship in the in the Warthog, and then what are you talking about? Don't you? You make the jump, and then the Arbiter survives. The Arbiter makes it to like the human ship, and then he's like, "Sorry, Spartan died, I guess," or he's just you know he he was left out there. What do you do? Get left in space? You're skipping. That's the ending of Halo Three. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Do you not remember how Halo Two ends? Not really. Okay, just so, give me just no. Don't make it elaborate. Just tell me the last scene. Finishing this fight, credits. Oh my god, that was that was I'm the tagline for Halo Three. I'm finishing this fight. Wait, when did he activate the plasma grenade? That was the trailer for Halo Two, though. Yeah. Okay, where was so. he when he was finishing the fight? He was on uh, some uh, profit ship. Okay, he was going to, I don't know, he was like riding it. He, he left the Covenant ship. Yeah. And then he was he left Cortana on the ship yeah. to deal with the hive mind and all that. Yeah. And then uh, you told me not to elaborate. Well, now I have to, now I, I honestly <laughs> 100% do not remember the end of Halo 2, which is the- bonkers <laughs> to me. The point of it being that 
uh, I, I don't even know if, if this season was supposed to end like this. I, I have so many questions. Like, I'm stunned. I literally did not expect it to not end. I was I was thinking that were we th- I was in the same maybe in the same boat like thinking it was going to be wrapped up in a way right or well, like at see, least like end uh like at least like end like a story arc how a story arc would end because I'm thinking like okay they have Timothy Dalton and they got Mark Shepard and they got Abigail Shapiro people who do I don't like I don't feel confident being like oh you know they're gonna be here for the long term like these are uh guest appearances like as far as actors they're not the main cast really they're recurring characters so i'm thinking season two is going to end because those actors are going to go do other things you know maybe dorothy's not going to be a mainstay character like we would hope um and so i'm thinking this is it if they're going to end season two with episode nine and you know there was like this this talks of there being a 10th episode that didn't that didn't make it to the season that maybe they whittled it down to to just episode nine and that's it now i don't even know if like maybe there is going to be a 10th episode it's just now going to be the season three premiere or maybe they did whittle episode 10 down into nine and it was always going to end on a cliffhanger like i have so many questions um but I guess the, the the former idea would be what I'm referring to with Halo 2 is because Halo 2 was supposed to end and then they were like, we're not going to be able to finish the game. And they said, just cut it off here and then we'll throw in that into its own sequel. And then they that's what Halo 3 became. So that's where I was getting with that. But that's what it felt like. One of those things where you're just kind of like, you're just so into it. Like everything looks like it's it's ramping up to be the showdown like what else could there be and then it just it just ends it just credits i was like i wasn't expecting credits to show up i was expecting us to like cut into like where dorothy went kind of like a uh, do you compare it to empire strikes back with like in a sense the heroes losing and uh i don't know that's kind of what I was going with. I was trying to think. I was trying to compare things to the to the idea of heroes losing right before the big battle, and that being played off on another episode or another movie or another story or what have you. I mean, I guess Cliff still did lose a hand in this one, so you he could... lost his entire body. <laughs> yeah, he did. But it, I'm saying, like, you know, if if people go by the Empire Strikes Back rule, someone did lose a hand in this episode. So, oh, they are. God, jeez. And then, <laughs> so, okay, so then you want to keep on going that route that you got the people in wax, uh, hand solo in the, in yeah. the carbonite. You got, yeah, you got, you got that and you got, uh, uh, C3PO, he got blown to bits in, in Empire Strikes Back by the Ugnaughts. And, uh, you, you know, we, we have some dad issues again in this one. Like wasn't, hang on, wasn't C-3PO rebuilt at that last scene of Empire Strikes Back? Wasn't he standing in the window with Luke and and, and, Le- and Leia? Yeah, but, you know, he was... Yeah, he but was we still... saw him get rebuilt. Built. Rebuilt. <laughs> That's terrible. He got, he got destroyed, built, destroyed. There you go. Andrew WK shout out. Um... We, we know he listens. 
<laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, we, uh, I don't know, where where do you want to start off with, with talking about today's episode? Uh, I mean, how do you feel about this being the season two finale? Um, I was uh, taken aback just because, like, yeah, I was right there with you. It was, uh, everybody was gearing up for uh, some sort of a showdown. Um, and then it just, uh, it's a cliffhanger. It really, it really is. And it's, uh, I, I'm not mad. I love cliffhangers. I really do. I'm upset that I have to wait so long <laughs> for something else, you know? <laughs> that's yeah. the, that's the thing where it's like, oh man. So here we are again. Uh it's just it's just uh time flies when you're having fun, you know? It really did. This is uh it's already over. We got back in the yeah, saddle. Wild. We we were doing the thing having a great time and now it's over and and now it's like it's not even like a and and I think it's okay to feel this way but it's like it's like an unsatisfying over like with season 1 ending you were like oh okay they're going to introduce a new character next season but at least everything was kind of resolved with Mr. Nobody and the painting that stole Cloverton like you were just kind of like, yeah, that was season one of Doom Patrol. Can't wait for season two. Yeah, this one is like, man, <laughs> like it's gonna get to a point in the future where you don't even want to watch this episode by itself because it's like it's not gonna end on a happy note the way it leaves on a cliffhanger. So, but I mean, when you're making a cliffhanger, that's intentional. You're that's it's permanent. <laughs> so it's you're gonna have to permanent. like permanent. You're gonna have to watch it. You're gonna have to watch like yesterday's episode or yesterday, Dad Patrol, Wax Patrol, and then season three to kind of get the full uh completed story. Um But I you know, it's weird that they said that this was the season two finale and instead of saying something like you know, we're just gonna you know, this is like the last episode to come out. It's not over. But they did say that this is the finale, mm-hmm. so it's it's very kind of like, oh maybe maybe it's intentional to end it this way. Could be, could be. Um, now I just feel like uh, Victor and uh, Vic Stone in this one scene where he's like listening to the the sad music. Oh yeah, good in the bed. I, that was great. I love that part. That was amazing. Um, that was a great. Just because, like, be, just because, like, that's just like one of those tropes that you would think is like comedy, where it's the person, you know, completely, you know, just like listening to the song and putting it on repeat and repeat and repeat, and it's just the one song. But you know, you've done that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this is like, I get it. That's the entertainment side, but that's true because there are songs you listen to on repeat, and you do put it on repeat because it's. Why are you listening on repeat? Because it's the only thing that's helping. It's like, yeah, I have yeah. to listen. I have to listen to this. I am uh, drawn to whatever it is in this song: the lyrics, the voice, the the beat, the music, the instruments, all of it, the feeling. Uh, just so you can feel something. Just so you can feel a little good about uh, feeling terrible. I remember listening to like the first Phoenix album. Like top to bottom, yeah. on repeat a lot, and just like you like lay in bed with all the lights on in your room, and you're just kind of like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna listen to this 
and that was like what 2011 or something and then um one time i listened to like modest mouse's like full discography like top sad to bottom. music yeah for like for months and stuff yeah uh i'm trying to think and of, uh <clears throat> do we just want to like name the albums that we would it's the albums or even just the song that you would put on repeat uh, uh picaresque by the decemberists was my oh there you go <laughs> that decemberist phase that you had bunch of sad stuff happening in that 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 time um yeah frank ocean helped th- though uh definitely uh channel orange like like helped uh on the uh the upswing more so yeah mm-hmm. there's sad stuff in channel orange but it was more so like uh hey i can identify that sad stuff damn that sucks L- let's try to let's try to pick it up everybody and yeah, that kind of moving moving Remember, on and everything i once had a panic at the disco phase during one heartbreak Oof. and and i this was very late in the game i think this was like 2016 so i was yeah. like just now getting into a, a panic at the panic disco, at the disco phase. in 2016 <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um my chemical but romance it, had that with definitely for sure yeah um <clears throat> Gotta uh, have the MCR phase at one yeah, you point gotta in your have life. The, it's I mean, inevitable. Well, no, it's a rite of passage. I don't know. Well, yeah, but like my MCR was phases. <laughs> what is the um, <laughs> what's that website you use to listen or to find the songs that are played? Oh, Tune Find. Tune Find. Tune Find maybe dot com. You want me to try to do it right f- now? You should find out what that song is. Oh, I wrote it down. Um Oh, oh you know, you already have it. Yeah, this I did, but it's it. and no, I can't because now because where my where I wrote it down at the 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 post it note that I wrote it down because that was the only thing I had available is now too far away from me versus the amount of time I would be looking it up on the internet. You wrote down notes, but didn't bring it with you. I only wrote no, no, no. I wrote down that thing because it was one of the first things that happened in the episode where I was like, oh, I should write down that song. <laughs> and like that was there and then like after that i was like okay i need to uh dang t- this is tune fine their banner on their web page is the umbrella academy soundtrack oh it's a scrolling banner okay because there's a, cool. lo- there's a lot of there's a lot of needle drops in umbrella academy it's kind of like really? what it's in it's what it's known for all I right guess well Netflix this isn't okay the- stop this isn't the umbrella academy fucking podcast <laughs> This ain't it, that. It's, this it's ain't a, the boys' a, radio. Yeah. This ain't the umbrella radio. It's, this is uh, it's Doom Patrol radio. Get it right. That entire uh, time that I was just talking and explaining that, I was not looking it up, and I even told you that it would. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ba-ba-ba. Uh, Ba-ba-booey. Ba-ba-booey. Bapabooey. Four songs Normally in we... episode nine, Wax Patrol. Oh, that was the cure. Duh. The pictures of you. That Vic oh, was listening go. to. Obviously. Like, why would you? Okay. if Damn it. See, now I wish I wish I would have given you a quiz and said, you get four guesses of heartbreak bands. You yeah, would have nailed it. You would have nailed it probably on the second one. Well, I was listening to it during the episode going... Who is this? Like, kind of like uh, I this, and I I knew I was gonna say the wrong band at first, because obviously you know you're thinking like you're thinking the Smiths or you're like the Cure, and then you know, and I was like uh, I need to look it up on or just ask you to look it up on Tune Fine, but um, 
I was also looking at the closed captioning, just kind of like wondering if they would just have it listed on there. But um, yeah, we. Uh, I'm wondering if, if again, like what happened to Ronnie and if it, that kind of stuff was uh, cut out. But uh, no, see, like I don't know if that stuff was cut out because think about it, like their story ended. Yeah, yeah. So many times, not, not in, in ended, sh- ended, but at least like it came to. And when I say story ended, I'm referring to like how a story arc would conclude in, say, mm-hmm. a comic book. That's yeah. that 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 person or villain or whomever is involved in that story arc might not be gone forever. They possibly come back, obviously. So yeah. like when I was saying, so like that story arc was like over. Now you got to get to the next story arc, and if that is that story arc going to be Super Robot Ronnie. Uh, Robin Banks and killing, I don't know, Robin Banks, <laughs> killing military uh, people that were experimenting on her and stuff like that. And then there's your whole other c- cyborg story arc. Yeah, there were so many times where, um, there, was, there were so many times where, like, w- the conversations that people would have in today's episode would still, like, bring evidence that no story arc has been tampered with in any way. So when when I think of that, like I'm thinking, I'm more convinced now that like today's episode nine really is exactly what episode nine was supposed to be. It's just episode ten, the elusive one is is now you is, keep uh, saying this elusive. Was there an actual definitive thing where it was like this season has ten episodes? Oops, sorry, never mind. We had to cut it down to nine. Why yeah, do you say that's what that? I keep hearing? Hearing keep hear- from where? This I is why hearing... I think this is why I'm so skeptical always of of amounts of episodes in television shows unless I have a fucking TV guide or something with me, you know? <laughs> like the the ones you get in the mail. Yeah. Um cuz like I usually go by like the the general mindset of like 23 uh 13 um well obviously this one does not have um, okay, see, the season was originally intended to have 10 episodes, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, production was shut down before the 10th episode could be completed, and the season instead comprised nine episodes. You want the source? I'll give you the source No, I don't right need here. the source. At least I heard you read it as if it was real, so I believed it. <laughs> I was going to say it earlier, but Abigail Shapiro said it in an interview with Insider. Okay, perfect. That actually makes a lot more sense. Thank you, Mark. Um... <laughs> and also not to mention uh i was trying to think of like timeline and also like uh summer tv versus when fall tv airs and all these things and they pumped out the first three episodes in one week so normally we would we would typically have at least two more weeks um uh of shows that are going forward um two more weeks so like that would take us to uh middle of august right yeah, and then September, like, 7th or 8th starts, like, new fall TV. So, like, that timeline makes sense to me with 10 episodes. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's still, I, I mean, I don't understand how, and I don't understand, like, I guess there's some questions I would have for the writers, but, like, how do, are they? Do you still work? Are are they still working on it? Or like, <laughs> do you still like, work? 
<laughs> I mean, like, not them. Like, do they still work? <laughs> like, if they have a job, but like, do you do you like? Are you supposed to keep working? Do you still work on it? Like, I don't know what. I think you got to wait for the studio and everything like that to give you the yeah. green light. Um, and, and you know, we got DC fandom around the corner soon, so I don't know if if that's another thing that we're gonna maybe get more information on. There could be a lot of information that they announce at that date so we can uh, look to the stars and find out um but uh, right off the bat this i was trying to think if your look to the stars was a play on something dc fandom look to the stars uh i don't know star is a sun sun is superman all right we nailed it (laughs) all right we're back and uh so yeah, this this episode because it didn't conclude to Dorothy, you know, and Candlemaker stuff. It it does seem to be a bigger episode about if you think of of uh, of Kay Chalice and and Dorothy. Like this is a very uh, empowering episode for 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 women, and uh, but but not without some some scary stuff happening. Uh, th- this uh, whole. Kay Chalice thing, Miranda thing that we we get in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a this is a trigger warning. I gotta I gotta admit, like if I don't know if anyone's listening to this before they see the episode in some weird uh, situation where they where people do that, but if you are listening to this and haven't watched the episode yet, uh, kind of a heads up. It gets it gets pretty dicey in in the Miranda episode. I gotta admit, but. Um, what were your thoughts on it, Nate? Um, it definitely shined a light on uh, things like sexual coercion and just like showing like, hey, this is also fucking bad. Like you're just like, you know, it's exactly what what, you know, Jane was saying in the episode. Like you're just this is just another form of control. And it is. It's just like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, all your fucking preconceived notions of your summer of love and all this shit it's like yeah but you don't don't just stop there what about people and like their feelings and their mindset and everything like that and was everybody even into that kind of stuff i don't know they say if you, yeah. if you could remember the the 60s the 60s they say if 70s? you could remember the six they say if you could remember the 70s you weren't really there fuck off uh that's also like projecting uh terrible shit so you know what i mean um, it was definitely yeah. like an eye opener in all the best ways, uh, a triumph, if you will. I, I, I remember, um, in Puppet Patrol episode three of season one, where Jane is, is writing on like the airplane window or yeah. what are they writing on? It's an airplane, isn't it? Like they're in an airplane at the end of the, of the, the episode and she's writing like who is in control? You remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Was it an airplane? Yeah. Or was it like a bus? No, it was the was bus. They a... were in the bus. They were in the bus going home. They were in the home. bus. Yeah, they... Why would the they bus. be in an yeah. airplane? The Doom Patrol I airplane. I don't know. I just like... I'm, some reason I'm thinking of like... Hey, can we get an airplane that has like, you know, they they look like C-3PO and R2-D2 right now, but make it Doom Patrol? Thanks. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say an airliner, but I think they're all pieces of shit and I didn't want to... <laughs> <laughs> say the wrong one yeah, and be canceled exactly. because he said the wrong airline. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Brought to you by Spirit Airlines. No, no, you can't do that to the one. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> uh, 
You can't really you can't really put the word Doom Patrol on an airplane. Why not? Because you really can't have the word Doom on on an airplane. I'll put it on my airplane. <laughs> All right, there it goes. Yeah, why not? There she goes. Uh, what is that? Walk to remember. So yeah, and um, <laughs> I got this the 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 whole Miranda thing. I I knew it was gonna go south at some point, um, but you didn't know how or or I what did, did. really. <laughs> what was the south that it was going to turn? What is south? So, I didn't see. I don't have a compass, and I don't know these things. You don't you don't know where South is? No, stop. That was <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> so the I, I I knew somehow that this this Miranda arc was going to somehow be bad in like the the the, the, the sex sexual way, like these things that like bring up the trauma with her with her father and all that. And I was you know, when when they actually kinda have their life together I was thinking, oh, she's she seems to be progressing in in in, in like her own way. Like everything seemed to be going right. At least even the to, outward it, appearance and then like what was happening on the surface was seemingly right, yes. Yeah. And it, it just felt like it like it exceeded my expectations already, where I was kinda like, Oh, well they're not even gonna get to that point. And here they are moving in and like actually having physical contact with each other i was i was already like whoa i didn't even think she would get to that point because i i was convinced i had convinced myself that kate chalice as as this 64 personality person would just be completely asexual in some in some regard like sex isn't even a, a thing that the character would want but you know with miranda in, in this like maybe that's that's maybe I am right. Maybe even what she's doing now, like you said, even though it seems like everything is going smoothly on the surface, like Kate Chalice even still is just like, I don't like, I don't want to be doing this. I never signed up for this, you know? So, um, but then when it goes, when it did go South, I had like a, a knee jerk reaction, like immediately when, um, was it Bob or whatever this fucking dude was that shows up at this party? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just like, it, like as soon as it happened, I was like, whoa, bro, I'm about to fight you. <laughs> it's like, a, it just, it's so aggravating. Like, it makes you angry. And like, I don't know. There's so many things that, be, because we've seen what happened, what has happened to these characters, when stuff like this happens, I'm just like, uh... Are you going to fight this dude? Because I'm about to fight this dude. <laughs> it's That's, just not uh, cool. Investing uh, emotion into these fictional characters. Because we've been doing it since reading the comics. It's just like when you see it as an actual human being acting it out on, on screen and on camera, it, it puts a little bit more oomph into it, you know? Yeah. I remember in the comic books it happens with um, with Jane in... I think this is how Scarlet Harlot is brought out, which I think is also kind of like Scarlet Harlot might have a, a glimpse in here, like during like the the height of this this arc of 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 Miranda. Yeah, but in the comic books, I remember Jane 
is like in a church, right? And she's like trying to do the confession thing, and then the priest gets all um, R word with her, and uh, and then I think she either turns into Sun Daddy or or Black Anna. She turns into one of the one of the more violent personalities and, and kills the the priest, and then the, and the cops show up and all that. Um, and this was like during the time where. Uh, Mr. Nobody had like his second brotherhood of Dada and like they returned and all that. And, and that's when I was kind of like convinced like, Oh yeah, that, you know, crazy Jane or Kate Chalice, this person would be asexual. Like, you know, you might have personalities that have sexual preferences. They might all have different things, but like, I just think like to go through that much trauma to be, to, to, to develop 64 personalities, you can't be pegging that, that this person is is one way or the other like you can't yeah. pigeonhole that character that way it's just like there's a lot of trauma to consider to just be like i don't know I, the, the character in my opinion should be ace but like the the personalities that they're trying to force this kind of situation to happen that's that should be highlighted as like yeah that's that's what's wrong so i'm i'm kind of glad they they bring it up here um but uh, yeah, it's it's truly just some scary stuff, and and honestly, like, how would you like how would you feel about being in a situation like that where a, a party turns in? in oh, see, a, a party didn't even turn into that. I get, apparently, it was planned to be that kind yeah, of party. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's a tough question, man. I don't I don't know if I have an answer for you. Um, I don't know. That's uh, because like right as it started happening, like it. I thought it was like blatant in your face of coercion. I was like, Oh snap, this guy right here is literally just doing that. And then Jane said the line was like, this isn't about moving forward. You just want to try some new pussy. I was like, yeah, that's exactly, that was my exact thought when all of it started, when the, when, when signs started pointing to this, you know, 1970s orgy that was happening. It was like, Oh, hang on. This this is this guy's in the wrong like this guy's way in the wrong i think this guy's in the wrong like a lot a lot a lot even when they were like talking on the couch and everything like that and it was starting to get hot and heavy and he was like wait now hang on let's uh i have some things to say about this let's move forward with it it's like this dude's is he trying to get her to like have a threesome or some shit like that was exactly how my mind was working at that moment um yeah, and it there were so many th- things to consider, like, and, and like it just progressively got worse, like, and and the truth of it started to really show. It's like how ugly it was because when when Jane is first like pouring drinks for everyone, and you see like three people making out. To mm-hmm. me, you know, when she laughs about it, I, I'm on the same boat. I'm like, well, I mean, I wouldn't be laughing about it, but I'd be like, hey it's a party and if y'all three are going to be having a great time like that over there that's your business yeah you know like you go do that but because all three of you are are consensually agreeing to that Mm -hmm. a dude doing what he did right there in the kitchen that's a red flag i'd be fighting someone oh yeah for sure especially and i don't know i think it was it's a huge red flag and then you know i think a lot of that stuff is like people romanticize the seventies as being like, it was yeah, all love. And that's and what I'm saying. Like, yeah. That's what I was saying. I think, at the beginning of the episode, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. I think it's, 
the whole seventies as a as a movement as an era. I think a lot of people are, are looking into it more now with a magnifying glass and going, was it all love or was everyone just kind of forcing everyone into yeah uh, accepting uh, forced promiscuity just because pressure yeah exactly all this stuff it's yeah it, you're hitting the nail right on the head Mark when they do that we the, need these the, are the questions that should be asked <laughs> and it does deserve a microscope under that kind of things when, especially when, when it comes to the, like media and televised media and all this stuff yeah absolutely the, when they do the the introducing like the the two just women like the, they're they're I, I guess bob's wife i don't know if miranda was a a wife or you know married to to the the dude I married to the was. money is more like it <laughs> it just like and they like introduced the wife and then he like makes out with her i was like bro i'd fucking fight you yeah if that if that was a if someone was like hey nice to meet you i'm gonna make out with your partner now i'd be like i'm going to kill you without yeah and even like with not even having the knowledge of what kind of party and what kind of situation that that everybody else around you is assuming that you're in yeah there's a scene like that in slc punk that uh, it's a great movie oh my god i cannot believe you just brought that movie up holy shit you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly where, what you're talking about, man. That's like when he that's when like when the gloves come off where he's like, Oh, because I'm punk, I'm supposed to allow this shit to happen. Like that's when to me I was like, That's shit. that's when you fight someone. I haven't because, thought about that movie in years, man. Great movie. Yeah, that was like one of those defining movies, uh I don't know, maybe generational. That was like one of those uh coming of age movies i guess in a, yeah. in a way i don't know if about for my uh, the generation that we exist in but at least for you and i i remember us having this conversation about slc punk like in like eighth grade it was like oh some of them age snap. better than others i think movies like boondock saints probably don't age very well maybe in a vacuum where you don't see the sequel but like at least the first one is also a coming of age movie where you know this cashier lady at Hot Topic told me about Boondock Saints, and I said, oh, "Okay, I guess I'll watch it." And, and here I am as a thirteen-year-old kid watching Boondock Saints, going, "My mind is being blown right now." This movie's great. But SLC Punk was uh, one of those movies dur- during those times that I that I watched, and I it made me uh, it, it imposed itself on me. Um, but so this scene happens with. This orgy thing is is getting down, you know, to it. Like this orgy thing is happening, and uh, you know, like I was talking to Johnny, my partner, and I was like, you know, like if it's consensual, this whole situation would be it. it it's just a different tone right now, and it's awful. Mm-hmm. But it's and she was like, she was like, yeah, I mean, like if this had been talked about from the beginning and you guys were cool like this from the beginning like you guys lay down the rules like there always has to be rules like you can't just spring an orgy on someone yeah you can't just be throwing people into that with like uh, even and it sounds weird but even there has to be a balance between like your freedoms and like the regulations of those freedoms like you you can if two people want to have an orgy and, the, and people want to be swingers and all that. Like, you have to communicate. 
like you have to communicate like you can't be just like hey let me introduce you to this random girl i'm gonna make out with her now like bro what are you doing this is not a good time yeah it's yeah it's so aggravating it is completely infuriating and Mm -hmm. um man uh, it's learning experience that's why i said try it try triumphant jane yeah, she really comes in, and I can. I think this was like the moment where I really could see like how Jane is kind of like her own personality, because when when Diane makes that switch into Jane, that was like the first time I felt like, oh, that's like that is Jane. Like I know that's yeah. Jane. Like yeah, and that that felt definitive. In yeah, that, I guess because I've been so used to seeing Jane so much that I was like. I'm like I don't know what her her what sets her different from the others like like sometimes I kind of like lose track of or she's a little too abstract for me like the other ones are kind of like static characters like when you see Pretty Polly and Penny Farthing like you know who that personality is mm-hmm. um but uh yeah I I wanted to see a bigger bout with Hammerhead because I knew Hammerhead was upset like even before we went into the underground to see during that time, I was yeah. just kind of like, you were you waiting for Yo. Hammerhead to come up to the surface and start throwing fucking punches? No, well, I wanted to hear more from Hammerhead speaking to Miranda in the underground and just being like really upset. I we didn't hear anything. More. There was no audio, right? Yeah, it was like, yeah, there which was is no audio I think in it. which that's fucking powerful in its own self. Yeah, because like you know the character uh, of Hammerhead and you know what that character represents and everything like that. And having like the no audio, just 100% anger towards the personality, which they all thought was supposed to keep everybody safe. And yet here comes fucking failure knocking on the damn door. And Hammerhead is like right there to just be like, just set off and, and like go. Um, it's good. Um, I think it's good that it did happen in the underground because, like, all that anger and stuff like that is coming out there. Um, it could have been catastrophic if it was on the surface, but that's a you know a discussion um, for another time, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, I was thinking about like I was thinking about like that moment that happens in, in the show, and I was thinking like. Is Miranda's disdain of Scarlet Harlot tied to this memory in any way? Because hmm, good question. Scarlet Harlot, Scarlet Harlot, Lucy Fugue are both. I just thought of sense. something. I think I just thought of yeah. something. So I think you said in the beginning of this episode that um, you are hinting towards this is in this moment uh, is where Scarlet Harlot was uh, born per se. Um, at least like started and like you know, had that had that thing. Uh, when Miranda falls back down into the underground, when she when you know when she gets, I whatever falls back down to the underground. Um, <clears throat> you see Scarlet Harlot uh sitting on the train, mm-hmm. right there, and she's putting the cigarette out on her legs. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time you see Scarlet Harlot. That's what she's doing in the comic when you first see her. Remember, she's on the desk and she's like, "Oh, baby, baby," and everything, and she's like putting the cigarette out on her. Yeah, she's um. So like first she, appearance, that was it right there, right? 
Yeah, she like uh, I forget what it was, but like her and Cliff were like getting coffee, and then she was like, "Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'll be right back." Mm-hmm. And then she like comes out of the bathroom, and it's Scarlet Harlot, and he's like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but the fact is the, that she was putting the cigarette out, out out on herself in the first appearance in the book, and I'm pretty sure her first appearance in at least the show and. Like in the it underground, could be Italian. yeah, it's yeah. putting her cigarette out on her leg and everything like that. It's like, oh snap, I see what you did there. It would be kind of cool if, like, that's how the personalities show up. They just show up on the train, and that was her being introduced as like she just got off the train, just like got she's off the brand train, new. yeah, like she's brand new or something. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's one of those things. I mean, uh, I'm you know I'm guessing it here, so I, I could be totally wrong. Maybe those personalities have always been there. Um, but it, it seemed like Crazy Jane was created in that moment. Didn't yes, it? absolutely. That's what I think it was. I think Crazy or Jane uh, was there, which was yeah. another thing. Like that was a good call. Yeah, yeah. The character in the comic book is Crazy Jane, but you know she is Jane in the television program. And uh, when her boyfriend, Miranda's boyfriend, oh. was yelling at her, and he was like, "You're acting crazy. You want to see crazy?" and hits him in the face. That's like a big fuck yeah like to that whole notion of calling someone crazy that I just sets thought me, of something sets me off so hard so that sets <laughs> that sets me off uh bad <laughs> here's something i just thought about yeah because think of look look at the aesthetics of the characters and i could be wrong here but like this is the 70s. Yeah. And people don't dress up like Hammerhead in the 70s. Wouldn't that character have to be created in that time period of that character? Um, no. Uh, not necessarily, but like... Not necessarily. Like yeah. But I understand what you mean. Because if it was 1954 or what have you, and you're saying multiple personalities were born at that moment, and if Hammerhead was one of them then why would she be all leather clad? Why would she be dressed up like the 80s? Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that what I, that's what would have I mean. To be created yeah. it. So like but like, but Penny Farthing on the other hand is like 1940s-esque kind of thing and I think she's mm-hmm. been there for a quite a long time. Yeah, it like maybe it transcends time. Yeah, but, but then like, you also have characters like Black Annis and you know, Flaming Katie and Sun Daddy, where it's like, what the hell is that supposed to be? Those could just be like imaginary, like persona. They could fit any time period, really. But like, I don't know. I just, th- I was also just thinking just now, like, well, I guess Hammerhead could be in the seventies because during that is punk during that time as well. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of thinking, like, oh, well, like if the characters represent aesthetically an era of time, then would they be created during that? Uh, you know. Based off something that the based that off the, of their the, closing, that sounds like more of a like wardrobe department question, or at least a, a question for wardrobe that they might have. Like, do you? It's kind of kind of something like, do you take in consideration like that? It also might be a question well, see, like, for um, Richard Case. <laughs> if people, <laughs> if people. We'll see, yeah, but they always do it differently. It, like, they, the way they adapted it on the TV show. But I'm thinking, like, so if you're the child and, like, you have, like, this, all this trauma and you're, like, kind of being a, a sponge of, of, of personalities, I guess if, like, during the 70s and during the punk phase, if, if 
she had seen someone who looked like Hammerhead and been like, I wish I could be like that person. And then it just like generates that personality. It could happen in that moment. But um, it's just things to think about. Like if Hammerhead was created in the 70s based off uh, trauma and, and, and punks of that era. So just thinking out loud here Mm -hmm. um but yeah this this is where we see the 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 birth of jane really and um it's it's really interesting to to think about but i I think the bigger question is uh who is miranda because the miranda that we see throughout the show is that what you're talking about yeah Yeah. who is the who is this miranda that we're seeing because obviously the other miranda is, is is actually is dead and man was that that was a terrifying prop (laughs) <laughs> that, yeah, that, that was dead Miranda. that was a pretty scary thing. Um, who is Miranda? I'm sure there's a lot of good guesses, and maybe some are more on point than yours truly. Um, my first thought was like some sort of weird, uh, like, um, like kind of backwash of of the father. Um, but then Miranda calls Kay in the underground like my sweet sweet baby girl right yeah is that the boyfriend did the boyfriend from the 70s do that is that like a ver- aversion to that particular guy um my first thought Ooh, was like it yeah. was it was like daddy runoff kind of thing yeah it was like well he's terrible not he's word. yeah I'm, terrible word that but that term. that's his name that's his no, name the- in the show the daddy no, da- Daddy Run. Uh, never mind. Oh, Daddy <laughs> Runoff. That sucks. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> terrible, terrible <laughs> term. I don't like that one at all. That's terrible. Um, but th- you see where I'm going with this, right? That's where my initial yes. like, yeah. mindset was. I was like, oh, that's like remnants of her father, like still existing in her mind, living rent yeah. fucking free. Um, or the shitty boyfriend from the '60s. Yeah, shitty boyfriend could be, uh, you know. A, rem, a remnant of trauma as well. Yeah, you know, it could be could be another door, another another station in 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 that in that underground. You know, there's just so much. I mean, you're thinking of 64 personalities. You know, if you have 64 personalities and it was just them, then there would be no uh, need to to keep safe. I mean, all you guys are on the same same team, but now you got to be like, well, there's 64 personalities for a reason because there's so much trauma that it has to stay in your yeah. head if you if the trauma wasn't in your head then there would be no need for all the personalities so you need all 64 personalities to keep to defend you from all the trauma in your life um so yeah that's a, that's, that's actually a good theory nate I, that's a lot better than what you know most people would think first thought is like oh it's it's the it's the father again he's, he's somehow still in the brain um but yeah maybe it's, it is the um the, the baggage of that love interest. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so we'll we'll skip back to which. Hang on, which also still does follow a weird theme of of heartbreak that we saw in the beginning. This is a great fucking segue. Follows the thread of heartbreak that we got in the beginning with Vic. Now, let's go back to the beginning and 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 talk about the other people, the the other doomies. Oh, you wanted me to talk about it. Yeah, I thought that was I was segueing it to you. Here's yeah, the segue. Wait. Jump on. It's two wheels. You lean forward to go. 
But I'm, I'm interested to hear what you're thinking because that's what I was waiting for. You were, you were going to segue um, back. I want to hear your thoughts about Cliff Steele. Oh, yeah. So, great. We were we were scared. We were really scared last yeah. week <laughs> that something bad was going to happen to keep him from the daughter. The, and it could the day, still. The day of his daughter's wedding. Um, <laughs> I've never seen The Godfather. He said that. I saw. Last I've seen. I've seen parts of the Godfather part. Did I say that last? I'm yeah, not just repeating we, myself. Played the anyway. video game. I have only seen the second one. I've never bada played bing, the video bada game. Boom. Hey, I'm Joe Pesci. Let's go. Um, is anyway. Joe Pesci in the Godfather? I don't know. Just Al Pacino, I don't think right? So. I don't know. I don't know. Marlon Brando, Brando, <laughs> Kurt, Br- Kurt Brandt. No. Um. So anyway, so go back into the beginning. Cliff Steele, we're talking about that um, his T-shirt collection that was uh-huh. laid out on the table. I didn't get a chance to pause it and look at every single T-shirt to see what they were, and I wanted to, but I just was so sucked in that I wanted to just keep going. Like I just wanted to keep watching. Um, but he did say out a couple things where it was like, you know, he had all the T-shirts, and he was like, "Yeah, Jane picked them all out." Like that's one I fucking love that that Jane like essential or whatever i don't know if she took you shopping or not or just like had all these band t-shirts because she went to the shows or something like that that's cool as hell to just think about and like the camaraderie between jane and cliff where she had the thought to even like to to, to just clothe him you know yeah hey here's some cool shirts take these fucking shirts dude like of course you're gonna have like this pretty much statue of a of a person that's like that doesn't give a shit about what they wear or whatever the fuck like what the hell are you gonna yeah you're gonna put some cool fucking shirts on that guy right yeah i never thought about it but that makes more sense than you know we were always kind of like because in the comic books that is his his aesthetic yeah because he's like you know that's what he is he's a hard rocker he's yeah that guy he's yeah he's he's a robot man he's got like the muscles and all that and like he's he is that dude in the comic books um but in here, you know, being from that NASCAR driver from Florida, the the misfit clothing. Well, sorry, I guess the misfits are canceled. But um, uh, are they? What happened? The band? Oh, yeah. Oh I, shit! I won't really? get into. I won't okay. get into it. It's very rough. Re- well, not very rough. I don't give a shit about the band. But uh, what, what are the other ones? What was the one we just saw the other day um, that I was like, oh, I'm so glad that that they. Uh, sh- sh- oh, Minor Threat. Minor Threat, like those those punk band shirts, we had always looked at them and been like, how would how would he be into that? He's not that's not his personality. And now it makes way more sense that in the weird relationship that him and Jane have, that she would have been like, all right, dude, we're gonna get you some clothes to wear, and got him all this like punk rock stuff to wear. That's awesome. That's such a great pickup. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, and, but um, what is the shirt that that Miranda picks out for him? The interrupted, the interrupted. Yeah, I don't know that band. I don't know them either, unless I maybe I've heard of them and I just don't know the band name, but I know like like songs from them. Uh, oh no, the, the interrupters. interrupters. I was trying to because Jane sorry. says like your your father's well, so everybody's going to be looking at the bride while her father is a, a robot man, and she holds up the interrupter shirt. Does do they have a song? about that um, i just I, I understood it as like well he, he would be very distracting like he'd be interrupting the whole thing oh wow wow i completely missed that yeah this is like, i sometimes i think too hard about things 
think way too. <laughs> I I do like that he was trying to like think of like his best outfit as like either one of those punk shirts where Larry Trainer's like, uh, you you would normally wear a suit, but hey, yeah, go for it if you want to wear a t shirt. Good, uh, and this is also like why I wanted to go back to the beginning because I did want to talk about just great Larry Trainer in this. I really enjoy this yeah. like. Like it's uh, it's it's more of a like uplifting. Yeah, it's yeah. I love negative man and I love depressing negative man stuff and depressing Larry Trainer shit. That's like I love that. Hook hook me up to an idea. This was negative man. This like, was we got like the, the yeah the group dynamic negative man. Yeah, we didn't get yeah, Larry yeah. Trainer. Like this was in, in in the team up scenario. We got yeah. Okay. Quintessential negative man. It was good. Let's put a pause on that right now and still finish up with the Cliff Steel stuff. I have a question. I think Does that's he, all there did, is to talk about negative man, to be honest. But uh, he has some good stuff when he was in the carnival and everything like that. Um, uh, just I don't know, just good lines. He had re- great, great personality in today's episode with with Larry Trainer. Um, kind of a bit of a breath of fresh air. Um. Did does Cliff Steel did he ever have a bad brains t shirt? Am I misremembering? Uh, it's always hard for me to to think whether it's in the comic books or or the TV show. But I, yeah, I, right. I know what you're talking about, and um, I don't know. It doesn't sometimes, matter. Sometimes they take the shirts that you see in the comic books and you see them in in the in the show, and you're like, oh, they actually printed that shirt out for him to wear, like the tune in tune out drop dead, mm-hmm. the hello world, yeah, yeah. That kind the of stuff. World. It's cool as hell. But um, okay. So, but but but, what was my next thing about that? Was going more into still talking about um, Cliff there when you know they all come up to the table and they're like telling him about it and like he's talking to Miranda. And he's like, "What? Are, who? Who are you?" Kind of thing. He's like, "I'm Miranda." He's like, "Oh, cool. Where the fuck is Jane?" It's still like always in the back of his mind maybe even the front of his mind where it's just like okay cool i know i'm talking to like someone else but where is jane i know i know her i know jane jane and i go way back we're good uh so now i gotta like figure out how to talk to this other personality or or what this personality's deal is and all this stuff i don't have time with that just tell jane i said hey like that kind of thing where it's just like okay cool you're here now just like give give my regards to jane i just like that um i think so Oh, I was, what? I was gonna say. I think the personalities need to give or recognize Robot Man a little bit better. Like maybe even give him a little bit more credit because you know Miranda comes in, and obviously the, now we know that this Miranda is like a, a a decoy, if you will. Like it's a it's not the real Miranda, and uh, you know uh, other personalities should be seeing Robot Man as. As that, as that, as that person who was in the in the underground. For, yeah, that's for what Jane. I was gonna say. Like he's been in there. So yeah. like, do they have like a uh, hey, how you doing? Like nice to see you again. Uh, like, like black An- black ants is gonna come back and be like, hey, let's go catch a movie with my long <laughs> fingernails. Uh, like, th- not only Jane will be because of this. Jane has that trust with with Robot Man, and even Hammerhead might be um, except, upset, ac- accepting of robot man um i know they had their she didn't like him at all at first but i think most importantly Kay chalice sees robot man as as a as a 
trying father who used to be a fuck up father, like a recovering bad father kind of thing. And so yeah. I think because of what happened in Jane Patrol, there is a hint of K Chalice trusting Robot Man. And that is why the primary, Crazy Jane, is like, I know that this is a good man now. Like yeah. a, a person who's trying to be a better father. And because I was gonna he's trying say, to be a better father, yeah. like like we're kinda on that page. So for Miranda to just be like, Oh, I don't know where Jane is, like Robot Man be like, All right, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, that's that should be a red flag right there. But the dude was preoccupied with his own daughter and stuff like that. Yeah. Um you said <clears throat> You said you might think K in the underground is is more trusting to Robot Man, but I think it's a little bit more of K trusting Jane mm. because Jane is the one that is supposed to look out for all of them, and she does know what's best. Her like K even said it to herself, like, "What is my job? Your job is to know." So like with that is like, well, if you know, that's it. There's no argument. You know I'm trusting you. All 64 are trusting Jane. So if Jane is accepting of Robot Man, then it's kind of like, let's just fall down the line. Like, this is, he's he's a good one kind of thing. Um, that's cool. But my main question is, not even a question, it's my main thought. After the episode ended, and you do see that uh, the Miranda on the surface is a decoy and all these things. Looking back at the episodes of where Miranda first showed up, and our question of like who this Miranda is essentially, if it is remnants of her father or the bad boyfriend or things like that, doesn't that put what that that personality was doing into question kind of thing? So think about her. It was like all like a farcical. Her being friendly, making breakfast, all these things, uh, being accepting, like just going along with everything in the scants episode. And now and today, like, being so friendly with Cliff and like, here's the t-shirt that you worked at. Like what is up with this like nice person act um, where we would, where initially we were thinking like, oh yeah, because Miranda's a good, a good person. Uh-uh, that's not Miranda. So that notion just goes out the fucking window. So who was this personality in the previous episodes that were doing the nice things? Is that also a form of coercion? Ha. Yeah, now I'm even thinking, like, I mean, she woke up from, from being, like, waxed. So I'm thinking, like, what else, you know, could even, is this also maybe still Candlemaker at play? Like, he he could be a factor, too, you know? like. Oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I was kind of, like, waiting for, like, if Miranda had the yellow eyes that the other ones did, I would have been like, okay, well, obviously this is, like, another I mean, it could be an imaginary friend within within yeah, the mind. Yeah, then there's fucking Shrek layers in it, man. <laughs> like an onion. I'm um, a believer. Now we're just candle doing... maker. Okay. I thought you were just doing Smash Mouth. You're changing up the lyrics. I like it. All right. It was very forced. Um <laughs> Uh, I I want to dr- uh, throw in a a brief moment to do some some Easter eggs because uh, I was I'm watching the episode again as as this goes by. Yeah, um, and this might be a good segue because the Doom Patrol arrives at the uh, and I think I'm I've been mispronouncing his name wrong, but the is it the Deedle County Fair? Deedle. Is that Deedle? We've totally been mispronouncing his name. Mispronouncing. Sorry. Sorry. 
so sorry. sorry. So sorry. This is so sorry. a new thing. Pronunciation is hard when you see things written down and never hear heard uh never hear them spoken. Is also, hey, way to the, say the English language is god awful. Seventy percent mispronouncing stuff. So yeah, uh, here we are. Uh, so when Dorothy is kind of like in that pinball hall with like all the all the pinball arcades. Yeah. Um, I noticed that there's a lot of names written on them, and I decided to look into them because the one that she's sitting on says, like, Time Crusaders, right? And it has, like, this um, kind of like the, the the astronauts, the pioneers of the Uncharted. Like, that's what the characters look like on. Oh, on I, didn't, I didn't pay attention to this. So There's he, the thing. So my experience in that arcade, whatever, because when she's, like, going, doing her thing, like, saying her mantra and, like, trying to, like, concentrate and everything like that after the candle maker like shows up and like disrupts it all like the cacophony of noise of all of every single fucking arcade machine going off at once that's triggering for me really bad i do not like that that's like that is it's a horror trope in my opinion and i don't know where that comes from but like a cacophony of arcade games is upsetting to me now i'm not saying that i don't like being in arcades i love arcades but not every single machine is going at the same exact time at fucking 11 volume yeah. in, in an arcade. You know what I mean? The cacophony yeah, of sound that she experienced right there was a direct trigger for me. I was like, uh-uh, I don't like that. That is setting me off, and I'm just watching this TV show. Yeah, that's like some paranormal activity stuff. Yeah, I'd be like, if everything just started playing at once, I'd be like, I'd cover my ears yeah. and walk right out. I'd be like, I yeah. gotta go. It's and a, uh-uh, ha- this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> it happens in uh, in Tron Legacy, the sequel to Tron, where he's like, he walks into the the old arcade that Jeff Bridges was in. Flynn's. And like, yeah, and it just like, it just starts playing. Like everything starts, just turns on, right? Yeah. And it's just like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Like, he doesn't say, the character doesn't say that, but I'd be like, uh-uh. If every mm-hmm. arcade just started. Yeah. Not even the fact of just, like, the power getting switched on or whatever. It's really just the noise. Yeah, there's the paranormal aspect of it if you're, like, thinking about it in a horror sense of of poltergeisty things with just things turning on on their own or whatever. But just based on just the noise in that instance, especially when I'm watching a character trying her fucking hardest to concentrate on these things, and then all of a sudden your concentration gets flooded with all of this just sensory overload, it's upsetting to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would be. Um, but so, some of the other things I noticed on these pinballs yeah, continue were, with that. Um, one is one pinball says the dawn of space. This one says time crusaders, and then the one right next to her says fun house. And so I just kept thinking, like, are these pinballs like named after the episodes? You got space patrol, time patrol, fun size patrol, like. And I can't see the rest of them, but then I was thinking, like, well, maybe all these things are named after the different episodes. I mean, obviously, you can't make one for... And you're uh, thinking that the pinball machine itself is the episode? You're pl- Like, you know how pinball no, machines... No, that's a deeper... Like this, oh, that's, that'd be <laughs> that's, intense, right? <laughs> that's deeper. That's that's too deep. I would, uh, that's, yeah, that, but that's cool as hell, right? That, that would be kind of cool, but, like... Uh, in some metaphysical realm where that the pinball machine is their adventure. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love that. Oh my like God, me- I love that. 
it's like Men in Black where they're playing with the marbles that are the galaxies. So it's but, like Jumanji, but instead of a shitty board game, it's a pinball. You go machine. into a pinball machine. I think this is don't steal this idea, guys. This is because <laughs> yeah. I get well, like Zathura. I was gonna say it's like along that same lines of Zathura, but that was still a board game. But like, make it Space Invaders or something. Didn't you see the newest Jumanji where the no? The I haven't board... seen the new one. Okay, no. well, it's a video alert. game. I think it, it's the same game. So the the kid like the movie is like the kid has the board game. And yeah, the board game's like the kid's like I just won't play it, and then it's like, all right, well I'm gonna Danny the street into Danny the tire and just turn from board game to video game console, and the kid's like, whoa, it's a video game console, and then That's he plays lame. it. And then it gets it's not it's a great movie yeah, i'm telling funny. you right now it changes just into a on a, on the will of its own Meh. it's a what it's bringing an i brought an alligator into a house it turned a kid into a monkey okay what, it can't turn into a console yeah <laughs> yes you forgot the lion. The lion in the house was even scarier with the tail on the no, piano. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. No, I got to admit, the alligator was scary, but the, the scariest thing in Jumanji is... was the kid turning into the monkey. That was No, the scariest thing was the plant coming out of the fireplace. Really? That's, I mean... Big red flag for me. I didn't like that. Little Shop of Horrors. Little, Shot that girl right little in the Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, no. You're not a, not a Rick Moranis fan? Well... I, I am. <laughs> Hang on, like, don't, uh, don't go putting words in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I am, but like, hold on. That, um, but plants, man-eating plants is is scary to you. Yeah, man-eating plants. The alligator is the worst part. Did not like that. Uh, anything else we didn't like in there? Wasn't there like mosquitoes? Or am I thinking of the movie mosquitoes? No, there was giant mosquitoes. Okay. Was there? Is there a movie called Mosquito? Yeah. It's is awful. It scary? Not awful like it's a bad movie, but awful as in like uh, it gives you Turn nightmares. In, oh, man. Turn of mosquitoes yeah. into horror elements. It has one of the greatest scenes, or not, I don't know if it's a scene, but like one of the greatest callbacks where like they get into, it's like the like a, a summer house that they go mm-hmm. to or something like that. And um, they they open the, the basement and like the mother goes to like turn on the basement light to see the basement floor. And they're like, oh, hey, come up help with this or something. So she doesn't turn on the basement light. Yeah. And, and then later on in the movie, she does turn on the basement light. And it's just eggs everywhere. Oh, Mosquito no. Egg, and you're just like, oh, my God. That sucks. It's it was gross. A, yeah, it was incredible. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Do you think vampires could, like, just, like, like, have, like, a mosquito farm? And they could just, like, sustain themselves on that? Or is it? I think that mm, I think that's adding an extra step because the mosquitoes would have to feed off of something. And then, if the vampire is feeding the mosquitoes, why wouldn't the vampire just feed on that thing? I'll have to consult the movie Daybreakers again and see how that <laughs> what they do. That's that Sam Neill movie. Yeah, he's in it. Willem um, Dafoe, I think. I never saw it. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know. They use mosquitoes to farm for blood. They might as well just go attack the animals themselves. Yeah, I think think it's adding a step, so never mind. Throw throw that whole idea out. That's stupid. (laughs) Um, What did you think about these imaginary friends? I guess we could talk about the imaginary friends more than the actual Doom Patrol characters. Loved them. I loved them. And I was thinking back to, like, you know, put yourself in that situation. Did you have an imaginary friend? I'll tell you mine. It's a little embarrassing. Yeah, go for it. Um... Now, I couldn't tell you what he looked like 
but I'm assuming it was just the actor. I I had an imaginary friend that was just the Red Power Ranger, and his name oh, was Jason, cool. like the Red Power Ranger. Like my imaginary friend was just Jason from the TV show Power Rangers, and mm-hmm. he would sit at the dinner table with me and all these things. Um, but they were fleeting, or at least he was fleeting because I got like uh like a stuffed animal and like a Woody doll, uh you know, early on, and like, then I just, like, you know, Woody was my friend that I took around. Like, I had tangible friends that were uh, stuffed animals and, and toys and everything like that. I didn't have I But I, shit, I, if I was in there and my imaginary friend, the Red Power Ranger, like, appeared in, in physical form and was kicking my ass, I wouldn't stand a goddamn chance in that He'd be fair. doing the Sentai Dude, action. Where he'd I'd be, be like, done. I'd turn a corner and I would see the red Power Rangers full suit and everything. I'd be like, oh shit, like this is I don't know karate, man. <laughs> it's the first <laughs> thing you'd have to say to him. Like, yeah, bro, like, dude, I don't know you, karate. you know this stuff. I made you because I didn't know this stuff. You were fighting my battles. How the hell is this supposed to work? Um, so yeah, you didn't have an imaginary friend, so you're the Larry Trainer in this situation. I, I no, I mean, if anything, I had scary thoughts of things that I was afraid of. I you know like imaginary imagining things as a kid for me was like, I don't want to see that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, you know, I was, you know, you have one nightmare here, you have another nightmare there, and that's all you can think about now is like that one thing. I, you know, I had toys that I was like, oh, that's my, my stuffed animal or something like that. Like, yeah. if my stuffed animals are considered my imaginary friends, then I guess Barney would be my my imaginary friend. But, like, that's the only oh, thing yeah. I can think of. Well, there's uh, some weird thing because Barney is an imaginary friend. Yeah, well, imagine getting my ass beat by Barney. That would suck. <laughs> Baby Bop comes in with a fucking <laughs> off the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> it would just not be, it would not be a good time. Uh, BJ pulling up with a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Rita Farr has 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 a has a crazy uh, a crazy one, and it seems like hers is like the most fitting of like Doom Patrol in the sense of surrealism and like that Grant Morrison type stuff. Like, yeah, Rita Farr is uh, it was like Roxy or something. I, I forget what like Mademoiselle, um, yeah, something. I can't remember the name, but. Uh, that a one pa- a paper cutout. Yeah, that one was cool. That was like uh, some Amanda Anaconda looking thing. It's kind of uh, like the idea of like um, Amanda Anaconda. Holy shit! The Nickelodeon TV show, the, like the the Tom goes to the mayor style of drawing of like cutout from magazine or still uh, pictures and everything. It's That's what you're talking about. Bit, it's a little, yeah, but it's a little different than Tom goes to the mayor. Actually, Amanda Anaconda won some awards for its animation, but yeah, they were like still pictures that were put to animation. Tom goes to the mayor was drawings and everything like that. But oh yeah, no, I don't know. I think no, I don't Tom know. Tom goes to the mayor was don't photographs know. of of yeah. them, and, and then, then rendered into yeah illustration. Yeah, okay. this was they took images of kids from like the 40s and 50s, and then uh, just copy and paste they did like the south park thing but a little bit different where instead of using construction paper they just uh you think there were some weird rules back then in the 90s with like using likenesses of people or it was like well fuck don't worry about it (laughs) yeah i don't know yeah they just got like getty images back then of like kids in the 40s and 50s everybody knows amana anaconda the 
precursor to Getty Images. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Rita Farr's imaginary friend. That one is his like straight up surrealism stuff. Like that looks like the like something you would see in like those works that would kind of like influence Grant Morrison with Doom Patrol. Yeah, and uh, it's really hard to you know going into this season finale, I was expecting to bring up so much about the Grant Morrison stuff because Candlemaker is like the end of Grant Morrison's run, like. How I thought this episode was going to end is how we're going to end with the Grant Morrison stuff and move on to like the Rachel Pollock stuff and if we or were even get just into... original stuff. Yeah, like there were so many things where I was like, "Oh, this is how we're going to end it." So we're going to talk about, you know, issues fifty-eight through sixty-three of, of um, of 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 that run. So I was like, "Oh, well, I guess we're not even going to talk about it." But like, you know, this is one of those things that ties back to. The surrealism influence of of Doom Patrol is, yeah. is this is this character, which is really cool. Did it strike uh, you as really fucking awesome how it was a two D image rendered into three dimensional? That's kind of cool, right? And it was still like making you like it's like, hey, no, this is still a two D paper cutout. But like, it, it was cool seeing like the paper twisting because you yeah. know if you twisted, um, and I just did it with making the artwork for for this season was like you know, cutting out those images and like the eyes and cutting it, you know, so it, it felt like, Oh, like, that's what we were doing with the, um, the so I felt you'd be like, Oh, I know how to do that. Yeah. Did you check your mail by the way? <laughs> no. Yeah. I've been checking my mail and nothing is there, dude. I swear to God. It's mm. man. Save the U S fucking postal service. Seriously. Buy a yeah. fucking po- buy a USPS T-shirt for four dollars or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I hope get your stamps. Oh, hope it finally um, gets to you. Um, so but... uh, now my question with the imaginary friends is: my initial reaction and thought was like, oh, they exist here because. Well, I thought initially I was like, okay, they're all gonna have to like fight them in some weird Doom Patrol way, where it's just like I gotta yeah, fight like my Power imaginary Rangers friend. <laughs> <laughs> the evil power rangers the clones yeah show up. yeah kind of like a yeah exactly that kind of that kind of style but it was more like as it as it progressed i was like wait are they supposed to be like teaching them a lesson or or something and it's like well no shit duh they're their imaginary friends like there's that's what they were they were supposed they were created as a way of like comfort and as a way of figuring things out and and coping and, and dealing with these things and and whatnot like like vixa uh, dr cowboy it was like, I, th- I think I think that like gets, I think that yeah, because like it 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 tears that down because Doctor Cowboy was saying like, well, you had a dad to like, you know, pretty much teach you what is right and what is wrong. That wasn't my job. My job was to supposed supposed to say, hey, you go, go you, you did it right. You're great. You're an awesome person. It's like, oh shit, yeah, that's totally right. There is like, but he <laughs> created that. Cowboy Doctor, because his dad was never around, uh, right? Dr. Cowboy, please. What did I say? Cowboy Doctor. <laughs> the dude has a fucking PhD. Give him some credit. And and a sick shooter. <laughs> he doesn't have a sick shooter. He had beakers. That was great. But What a great performance, though. What an amazing performance, man. That I was great. I love that. Um, even so much, I went to look up, um, like... Cause, cause his voice, uh, Silas Stone, the uh, guy that plays Silas Stone, and everything like that, with him not being in like that stern, like I'm gonna need to talk to you like a father kind of voice, and it was a little more, 
upbeat and a little and more happy. Yeehaw. Yeah, a little more yeehaw, a little more happy go lucky. I was like, where I know this voice. I know I know this voice. And obviously, it's riddled all over the place with superhero animation and everything like that. So He's done voice, he does voice work? Yeah, we didn't talk about this before. Oh yeah, we probably did. Yeah, we probably did. Yeah, I'm dumb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the Dr. Cowboy, the, what a fantastic performance. Absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think every everyone gets outshined by fucking Jesus. Dude, that was, that's primetime fucking television right there. Yeah. That is, that is golden of just fist fight with Jesus. And not only just Jesus, like Cliff Steele's imaginary Jesus, like that, Oh man, this is and like he felt hard so rocker hurt. white dude Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pulp Fiction drug dealer yeah. Jesus. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. He felt so betrayed by Close Steel. It, it was like heartbreaking at some points, but uh, Johnny said he's delivered. Uh, I think Johnny's going to be using this line he he said in the show from now on because she legit laughed out loud. She's like, "That's my favorite line ever." And which he was like, I don't give a French fry titty fuck. <laughs> like he, he fucking roundhouse kicks uh, Cliff Steele into the goddamn funhouse. Like, just it's just fantastic stuff. I didn't really draw the connection between him and Eric Stoltz, but yeah, that's uh, maybe because you were because the whole drug dealer Jesus persona I of Eric still Stoltz. Think of like, it. Yeah, that's that's his name. I can't remember <laughs> Eric Stoltz. I just call him drug dealer Jesus. <laughs> The guy, the drug dealer from Pulp Fiction, he looked like Jesus. He was in the bathrobe. Yeah. Yeah, he was eating Cheerios, watching Looney Tunes or some shit. Yeah. Um, solid, solid Jesus fight, man. That was that was some fun. That was a we, lot of fun. We got uh, uh, we got Cliff Steele uh, carnage or wreckage. Yeah. Like, as soon as I saw the arm rip off, I was like, yes. Yeah. Like, just really bad automaton uh, automatron like stuff break in and you know like i i I always love seeing that kind of stuff happen to cliff Steele because like just because he's made out of robot doesn't mean he was supposed to be made um to last indestructible yeah 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 you and he's not getting... he's not indestructible you just spare parts bud <laughs> nice nice um, yeah it was good it's like he when he exploded that was like an action figure with like the little yeah. push on the back that like you just that all their limbs and everything fall off and everything <laughs> like that whatever whatever action figure that i know i had a couple but i can't have they ever made a um a robot man action figure i'm they sure need to, they probably. need to do that you press them um, and his his limbs pop off yeah no well that'd be cool if so like now in today's uh in today's action figure market the robot man slash cliff steel action figure would probably be a build a figure set meaning you would have to purchase all the other action figures in that set to complete the robot man so you would have to buy the niles and dorothy combo pack you would have to get the larry trainer with like some weird blue uh see-through thing uh you'd get rita and then you'd also get like a like silly putty or something with her um Mm -hmm. jane is just you know, Jane's an entire series on her own, so you got to wait for that one to come out. Yeah, well, they get, they get, they come out with crazy Jane, but then later on, in in wave two and three, they start doing different personalities that that show up, and 
stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Larry Trainer's action figure would be like, there's like a hole in his chest. And like, at first you might be like, oh, that sucks. Because there's like this like green missile that you just thumb, you push with your thumb and it shoots out like a, like a projectile, but that's supposed to be like, quote unquote, the negative spirit. Yeah. And that's how that action figure works. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah, and then you you know I had a I had a a Super Boo action figure from Dragon Ball Z, which was he was stretchy, so that could be like Rita Far, where it's, it's like an action figure that's just uh, oh uh, stretch stretchy. Armstrong, yeah, but yeah. it's just Rita Far. She's like made. No, out I don't of think that, you like, can make those toys anymore. I think the stuff inside of them was dangerous. I know it was like cornstarch or whatever, but I think there was also some other things in there that was like. You're talking about like the the mummy wrestler action figures. So we're talking oh about? wow! Yeah, see, that's another thing from our childhood that I've only seen in commercials. Yes, I am. But precursor to the Mummy wrestlers was Stretch Armstrong. That's like the main. Yeah, but if they can stretch, then they're they're fine. <laughs> uh, what my oh, yeah, point but... was, what was inside them to make them that stretchy, I think, was dangerous. If you ate it, so you rip off or you cut Stretch Armstrong Just or something like that. Don't eat the toys. Don't kids. eat the toys. Kids don't like eat eating toys. toys, man. They like putting things in their mouth. <laughs> don't do it. I yeah, chewed on Legos as a kid. Yeah, um, I, I think the 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 Dorothy would be a separate figure from Now's Caller. Now's Caller is already no 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 figure. no 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 no. They are a yes. set. It's like the big no. rectangle. Yes, yes, they are a his, set. He comes in the wheelchair a, his with the chocolate a, bar, his and is Dorothy a is the smaller one by itself because like he's the wheelchair is considered too big of an accessory. No 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 no. She would be like the smaller one, like the Yoda ones. You know how like Yoda's a smaller figure, so they just put more stuff yeah. in it. Like you got Danny the Brick, and then you got like, you know, just other small accessories for her. And that stuff sucks. Like that. that Yoda package is terrible. It's like you get the smaller Yoda. He comes with like a tree and a snake that you and hang over him or something. Like get yeah. out of here, no. And then no. you still pay you the give same me, price. You give me uh, Dagobah training Luke with the sleeveless tank top. And have the ability to change, the Yoda. <laughs> to change out his hand to make it flat so he can do a handstand without the use of wires and having to Photoshop those wires out. And you give me the Yoda, the smaller Yoda. <laughs> the smaller Yoda. I there know action go. figures. Uh, thank you for coming to our Doom Patrol action figure talk. Hasbro, My, uh, yeah. DC Universe and Hasbro, hit us up. We're going we're gonna to help brainstorm this. Oh, and we're going to play Hasbro munition chips and the toys for you here we so. go all right call david cross yeah um uh you know if if they if, you know if they made cliff steel his own action figure instead of doing the piece by piece thing if he was just a breakaway cliff steel then you do the candle maker piece by piece thing build a figure yeah as a then, bigger figure yeah and then, then he would be bigger like the swamp thing yeah uh but yeah we we got cliff steel exploding in, into pieces and um, this is when I thought it was going to get to that point in the Candlemaker storyline where I was like, oh, so are people going to die yet or no? And uh, no, it didn't happen. We did not get that. Um, this was uh, this kind of like almost like a, a, a Goosebumps episode a little bit with like just how how close to like the, the, the Mark Shepard puppet. Yeah. Uh, it was like that's old uh what what was it called rita dropped the name of what they were um yeah the the punch and um man what was it called punch and betty yeah pu- pu- punch and betty puppet um Wait, did i say uh, that right punch and betty is that true it's punch and something i i have to like wait for him to uh 
to get hurt. <laughs> You're watching it for the subtitles instead of just typing it in Google. That's funny. So speaking yeah. of the subtitles, he says Punch we did, it was Judy. A, it, it, Punch and Judy. It was a yeah. 13th century or the 15th century. It was a 15th century. We didn't have Bugs Cunting Bunny. That's hilarious. <laughs> Coming from, I just made the Bugs Bunny joke in a group chat today. Like, <laughs> solid. I'll be the one wearing the Bugs Bunny tie. Yeah, solid. Um, man, I love me some Willoughby Kipling. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Um, yeah. Question: When he was frozen in wax, did he have a wand? I thought he had well either I thought he had what the or a puppet. knife. I no, the puppet had, had like a fucking two by four that like yeah, took him and thought, out. And I thought he had taken it from him. Is what I I no, didn't it, pay too close of attention to uh, to what he had to what he was holding. So, but I was to like, me it looked like a wand, which is I love that <laughs> to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, and again, that yeah. was another one of those things where I was like. Oh, is this, is Kipling going to get hurt in this in this episode? Is that is stuff going to go down? Um, but yeah, I guess just to to wrap things up for for this episode here, Nate, is there anything you're looking forward to uh, for for season three? Is yeah, seeing you... what happens next. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but in regards to like where Doom Patrol can go. I'm looking forward to all of it, to be honest with you. I, I don't think there's, uh, it's, it's easier for me to say that there's nothing I'm not looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Again, I love the show so much. It's, it's a joy every single week that I was able to watch it and have these conversations with you. There was nothing that, uh, no, no, nothing about this show, this series has ever let me down, you know? It's, it's all good. In, in my opinion, it's all good because, of my connection to the comics and to the characters and, and to the writing of the show and all these things, I am just so excited to see where it can go and where it will go. I'm yeah. so happy for everybody involved. Honestly, big round of a fucking applause, standing ovation. You guys are killing it. Seriously. If there's, from at least from this fan, from one fan, you're hitting all the marks and everything is right. I'm loving it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's this season has been a a, a a validation, solidification, confirmation of like just how great the people who are working on the show have really have really pulled it together. It's it's kind of amazing that you know last season we we're talking about like the fact that we even got the show. Now we're just talking about like how great this show is. Like it, it's. It's one thing to have a Doom Patrol TV show, but now it's like, it's awesome. Everyone is loving it. We like, there are people who I see every day, people that I either follow on social media platforms or just actual close friends of ours who, you know, tomorrow they, they're just, hey, I'm, I'm starting this show. And then, you know, like someone else is like, hey, I'm finally starting Doom Patrol. Like I'm seeing more and more people getting into it Oh yeah, and 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 loving it, and there's uh, like a hint of envy in my in my soul because I would love to experience the show that the way they are with such a clean slate with like you know that's the thing that kind of bothers me is like you and I have to talk about it, and I I think when I'm watching the show I'm like thinking about how yeah 
Danny the wheel turns into the ambulance. And, yeah, it's an and, anticipation and, factor from us. Yeah, um, and sometimes that's, that's that sometimes mis- yeah, it's sometimes misdirected. Um, but again, that's up to us to not follow that thread. You know, yeah. we have to completely. You have to remember that we are. This show exists in its own right. Yeah, and I'm enjoy so it for what it is. I'm so jealous of people who who get to experience it like that because seeing Danny Patrol for the first time, like that episode, yeah, and people's like people's comprehension of Danny the Street is just like it's just like a, a bomb drop, yeah, you know, just like a, a wave of 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 like this world that they're entering. And for us, it's just like, oh, cool! They're introducing Danny in the street and you know all this stuff. But for them, they're just like, whoa! Like, yeah. like it's incredible. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm just so happy for people who are experiencing this show. It's just for the like, first time. it's like, wait, they go into a painting? Like, yeah, they go into a painting. What part of how is that hard for you to understand? Like, what do you not? <laughs> that concept is just like you don't understand the concept of just jumping into a painting and existing within that painting. Do you not have an imagination? Yeah, there's so many things, you know, and, and uh, Flex Mentallo. Yeah. You know, oh, God. like Flex Mentallo, just one of those things. Like, those things are like, people have to be like, wait, so he flexes and. It, and he has he, superpowers? It's like, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's what do you mean? Like, Look at him. He flexes flexing. and things happen. <laughs> Specific muscles, right? It's yeah. Like, hold on. And then, like, he does it. It's like, oh, my God. Just those, those type of things are just absolutely incredible and and it exists in this tv show it's been a hell of a ride i i can't wait for them to um and i i don't mean it in 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 a in a um in a negative way at all but like i'm I'm ready for them to to do the other stuff you know like once we wrap up the grant morrison stuff like everyone wants to see the rachel pollock stuff everyone wants to see um some of the 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 brain amongst your mala stuff like I don't even, I guess that's another question I, I would have for the writers, but like, you know, you know, where, where do they want the show to end in, at a certain length or, you know, is it just a keep on going until keep going until we get canceled kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, cause there's so much content of doom patrol that they could pull from. We just got a taste of the Gerard way stuff this season, mm-hmm. but like, there's so much Gerard way stuff that people are asking for, right? Like waiting for that casting of Cassie or Casey, um and uh yeah danny the ambulance and stuff like that so it's been a, it's been an adventure and i'm so glad it's it's well i'm hoping to to hear that renewal very soon so uh if you guys enjoyed today's episode tell us what you love so much about it we want to hear from you find us at the dc cinematic minute listener society on facebook or you can find us on social media at radio doom patrol um, if you want to support the show, we have a Patreon. We have uh, Patreon episodes, uh, bonus content that comes out on Patreon at Two Old Media, or just contact us for the information. It's only one dollar a month. It really helps us support uh, support ourselves, keeps keeps us afloating. And um, you know, first first Saturday of every month, we we put out a bonus episode for you to, to watch and listen to. And uh, yeah, help uh, come join us, hang out with us, talk about Doom Patrol with us. And we'll catch you guys next season. And with that, DJ, please take it away. Now, I know you're feeling impotent, at the mercy of the unknown and inhuman forces. But that kind of thinking won't help you nobodies, believe me. 
Make sure you take your tablets and we'll catch you back here next time on Doom Patrol Radio.